Um, let's look at Romans chapter chapter 8, and I'm going to start in verse 11, 8, 11, uh, my, uh, because I want to give you context for ve- verse 12. Remember that we are living in the evil day. You've got to know that. And I know that there are believers who want to blame it on this side or that side uh, in the world sphere. I'm talking about in, uh, in the world. But sin is sin. And it doesn't matter who it attaches itself to. My dad used to have an expression. And uh, I mean, I think you'll, you all know my dad when you, when you get to heaven. You say, oh, you must be his dad. But he would, say, he would say to me sometimes when I was a kid and acting a little unseemly or something, you know, and um, he would say, son, don't let the devil make a fool of you. He would say that, don't, don't let that happen. And he would always say that. And uh, those things, you know, I sure didn't want the devil to have anything to do with me. And of course, uh, what he meant was the enemy is looking for somebody to use. And he doesn't matter. He doesn't care whether you go to church. It doesn't matter whether you go to church or not. He's looking for somebody to, uh, to use. So what I want us to do and what Paul wanted the Romans uh, the Roman Christians to do, that is, was to grow properly in the midst of a pagan world, to have the right demeanor, the right conduct in the midst of a pagan world. He does not, he did not want the Roman Christians to act like the world. So we're not going to give anybody a hall pass, all right? We're not going to give you a hall pass. We're saying we have to be Christian at all times. And Paul is outlining how we are to do that. And many of us haven't known in an experiential way that we can say no to the devil. We can say no to the flesh. We can say no to our tendencies. Sometimes we have practiced ugliness so long, it just sort of almost is on automatic now. There was a time in our lives when we were, because you young people may not know what I'm talking about, we had a, a gear shift. We had stick shift. Uh, we had a clutch in a, in a car. And so you had to clutch it, but right now it's just like everything's all automatic. But see, uh, there was a time in our walk, we had to p- push the clutch in before we changed that gear into unseemliness. And now it's just automatic. So we want to change all that by rebuking it. Let's see what Paul says in Romans 8, 11. But if the Spirit, or, uh, or s- since the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, because of the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. And so you are now animated by the Holy Spirit, not by biological life. You are animated by the Holy Spirit to do the will of God. So Paul says in verse 12, therefore, brethren, or for this cause, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. So, so, so uh, we are debtors not, he says. Uh, not, we are not debtors. He says, I like the way he expresses that. We are debtors not to the flesh, or we don't owe the flesh anything. We, ha- we are not uh, duty-bound to do anything the flesh wants. We are not obligated to the flesh. So don't feel sorry for yourself. Yes. All right? So we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Your natural tendencies, the way you were when you were a little bratty kid, perhaps. Or maybe you were a nice, sweet little kid and you grew up to be a teenager. (laughs) 
So we are not, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. And then Paul tells us, because this is something Christians need to, need to know. You can say no to your flesh, no. And if you ever, those of you who are parents, you've had a child and you've never said no to your child, you're a bad parent. But you can get forgiveness for that. But you, you have to say no to your child because sometimes your child will act unseemly. They don't know that they can say no to that, their flesh. So you say no for them. And so when your flesh acts like it's a little a, a child, a bratty child, a petulant child, or a, a stubborn teenager, you say no. You can say no. No to the flesh. And this is what God wants you to do. Now, how do you do that? You do that by the power of the indwelling spirit. Christ lives in you. Therefore, you are empowered by what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has, when he entered you, Christ came into your heart. So then Jesus Christ uh, lives in you, and he, if, since he who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will give life to your mortal body. Let's look at this again. It says, so therefore we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. All right? So if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And uh, not only, not only you're going to die more, uh, physically, but you will also die to the good things of God. You will, you will live in another realm. You will not be able to walk out what God has promised you. The Lord has made many wonderful promises to, to all of us. Every one of us here has wonderful promises from God, and many of us have not realized them. And we think that somehow God is just taking his sweet time. But no, you're taking your sweet time obeying. You have to walk in, in the truth of God, walk in the righteousness of God, and he will fulfill those things. So Paul says, if, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But, wait a minute, and what, does we, what is it that we say about but, right? Tell me. It changes the direction. So let's change the direction here. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But, we do, we do an about face. If, uh, if by the Spirit... If by the Spirit, can you say that? If by the Spirit, I put to death the deeds of my body, I will live. So that means that you will live in God's realm. You will, you will live for the will of God. And Paul says the only way you can actually deal with the person you were born as is by the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can live successfully is by the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, and I want to say it because uh, of so many mis wrong teachings, and, and that is that the Holy Spirit is not in you for a feeling. He is in you for righteousness. And, and he has brought the, the reality of Jesus Christ that is God himself in, the, in your life. In the uh, uh, the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 12. Let's look at what Paul says to Titus when he's uh, writing to Titus. He says, teaching us that denying ungodliness. Now, what do you have to do? Denying, deny ungodliness. And worldly lusts. We should live soberly. That is, not in a drunken stupor. Righteously and godly in this, in the, in this present age. And so, you and I must live uh, uh, 
righteously or soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. And we do it by not allowing ungodliness and worldly things to crowd into our thinking. Because if you watch too much television, you're going to be worldly. It doesn't matter how much you pray afterwards. You're going to be worldly. You listen to the wrong music, you're going to be worldly. Uh, can I, I can tell you in my journey, and I often tell you things that happened in my journey, but in my journey, I, um, I remember thinking it was because I had friends who, who would listen to worldly music, and they seemed to be okay, and, and I would listen to some of it, but I wasn't okay. Not, neither were they. You cannot listen to it. You say, well, I just like the beat of it. Well, some beats are wrong. I've heard musicians say, no, all the beats are fine. It's just the lyrics. No, it's both. Yeah, because I don't want anything the devil uses. I, I do not. I mean, if the devil used this car, I don't want to drive it. I don't want anything the devil uses. And I think that somebody may say, well, he's, he's a zealot. Well, I have a lot of zeal, but I'm not a zealot in the sense that I'm blind but because I see. Listen, what the, the, this is what the Lord also shared with me. If you, if, if you feed your flesh, you will die spiritually you will find that the vibrant life you had in the spirit is diminished by your fleshly decisions. But if you, by the Holy Spirit, put to death the deeds of your body, you will live a vibrant and full spiritual life. And sometimes young people think, well, the spiritual life is boring. It's safe. It's not boring. It's safe. I enjoy life. And I have a great time in life. I'm not a fuddy-duddy. I used to talk about that fuddy-duddy thing. I'm not a fuddy-duddy. And people who live for God are not fuddy-duddies. You know, oh, they're no fun. They just uh, got God on their mind all the time. Wow, your, your mind is for God. And that is the way we live forever. So let's keep looking at the Scripture. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 1 through 4. And Paul uh, shows us how to walk this out. Okay? 1 Corinthians 3. Okay, let's look at verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal that is fleshly, natural, as to babes in Christ, people just born. Now, I would say that that is the case in most churches, not only in America, but around the world. I don't believe that's where you are. I believe we have been there. I, I do believe we have been there. But whenever you always need special considerations, special circumstances, and the Holy Spirit can't move unless you're uh, bewildered or embarrassed and want to run out. You're still a baby or you're carnal. You know, that is fleshly. What the Lord reveals Sunday is that, is that he wanted a, a place where, we, where there could be a full expression of the Holy Spirit and people who like holy quietness will not be disturbed because there's a little noise in the house. And, 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 and then the noisy people won't, won't get fidgety when everything is really quiet. This is what God wants. He said, Paul says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but I had to act like you were carnal, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. This is what he goes on to say. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. I gave you just milk, 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 milk. Now, there's nothing wrong with babes having milk. 
But, but for grown folks to say, I, I want my bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, we, we need some help. We got a problem, right? But, but seriously, there are Christians who want their bottle. They want the bottle. They want to be bottle fed. They do not want to eat meat. They don't want to chew yeah. on the meat. You have to chew your meat. You have to chew it and chew it and chew it, and then you have to uh, ingest it, and you chew it enough so that the digestive process won't sap all your energy. That's what you have the teeth for, right? And so let's look at this. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able. Wow. So what Paul is saying that there is a group of, of believers who must be fed milk. Every, every, every Wednesday, every Sunday, every day, they must be fed milk because they refuse to grow. He says, even now, you're still not able. Listen, for you are still carnal. In other words, you're acting like a person without the Spirit. There are people who come to church and act like people without the Spirit. We will never change the world acting like people without the Spirit. What I'm saying is we are to affect the world. We are, we are to make the world see its error, its sin, by our holy comportment. That's what God wants from us. But, but he says to the Corinthians, you're still carnal. Now listen to what he says, carnal, not kernel. <laughs> carnal. <laughs> for where there are, listen, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? There are people who come to church and they act just like mere men. Oh, they'll make me raise their hands. Some of them refuse to do it because they don't want any symbols of, of church or holiness or righteousness so that the carnal people will feel comfortable. I, I think we have to leave those things to the Holy Spirit. And we don't want to just go in and, and just act crazy and nutty. Uh, I used to say, you know, in this church you're free. Uh, and I used to say it a lot. You're free. You're free to lift your hands. You're free to dance if you want to dance. But you're not free to do the funky chicken. Now, remember saying that. <laughs> and I don't want you climbing the walls because we're going to have somebody climb up there and pull you down. But, but, but godly comportment does not mean you're out of sorts. It does not mean that, but there's nothing wrong with that. But, he, but where there are divisions among us, you know, you have a left and a right side, and, and I believe in this. And why don't we just believe God? Why don't we just believe the Bible? Why don't we believe in, in righteousness? Why don't we just believe in following the Holy Spirit? We don't have to follow men who don't have the Spirit. I'm talking about that in context now, in context. I don't mean if the sheriff doesn't have the Spirit, you, you, you don't have to raise your hand. I don't mean it like that. But what I'm saying is we are looking for someone to follow who does not have the Spirit. That is not where we ought to be. We, we ought to always follow God first. Then Paul goes on to say, this is carnality. For when one says, I am a Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? He says, you're carnal. So I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Presbyterian, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. I'm, you know, you're, you're, you're not there yet. You're not that yet. Are we good with this? So Paul is teaching us how to live. So this is what I believe about us. We are, we are following the Holy Spirit. And we only follow men as they follow the Holy Spirit. That is our leaders, I'm saying, as leaders. Let's look at ver uh, verse 14, uh, Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. I like to bring in the witnesses and so, so that you can see uh, more clearly what Paul is saying. Verse 14 says, for as many as are led, 
by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So you and I ought to be led by the Spirit of God every day. Not just when we come headed to 602 South Staples. We are to be led by the Spirit. I told you about the time uh, that I, we were coming to church one, one Wednesday evening, and my wife said, stop by the uh, store, the drugstore. I want to pick up something. And I did. And I was sitting there. I ran in to get it. And, and a car, there was a lot of space there in the parking lot, a lot. But a car pulled up close to me. And uh, so I came out, and, and the, the woman who had, who had parked there came out too. And I was getting in my car. She opened her car door and slammed up against my car, and she looked at me. I said, hey. And she did it again, wow, and looked at me. And the peace of God seriously just came over me, and I said, I'm safe. It's like it was news. It was like news. I, you know, it's like, ooh, I'm saved. I'm saved. I just said, ooh, I'm saved. I'm saved. Because something was supposed to happen. The natural man, something would have happened. I'm probably looking at one or two that something would have happened. And I got in the car, and my wife said, she did that going in, too. She wanted a fight. And, oh, Lord Jesus, she didn't get it. Hallelujah. This, what does Paul mean by, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God? What does he mean by this statement? I believe he means that if you live by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is alive in you, and you manifest your new reality as a true son, ruling and reigning as a new spiritual man. You are now new. I knew I was new that day. Really, I came to this church, I felt like, I am so, I am saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I am saved. Like it was good news. Because that, whew. I know some of y'all look at me and say, oh, Pastor Don, I would have done the same thing as you. <laughs> but that, that day proved, that day proved that, and it proves to all of us, your new life is not like the old one where you were controlled by the flesh. In the days where I was controlled by the flesh, we would have had a 911 situation. <laughs> a 911 situation. But now you and I are controlled by the Spirit, and we have as our end everlasting life. So God's not going to wait until you get to heaven to show you, oh, what a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. And this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants to put you, as it were, on display every day. And that's why we have difficulties in our life. Put you on display. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I like one of those per lifetime. But we'll have them more often. Then Paul says in verse 15, for you did not I love the way he, he expresses the, uh, these truths, and he does them in a, what we call an emphatic way where he places emphasis on the truth. He says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So you, you, when you were saved, you didn't get the spirit of bondage, of slavery, where you don't, you, you know, you're led by your human emotions. 
Now, some of us in here obviously led by human emotions. Now, this is where you deal with it. You just do what I used to do when I was a younger man. I would just go ahead and confess it right there and put the devil to shame. Yeah, when the preacher was preaching, I didn't wait till I get home so people wouldn't see me moving my lips. I said, Lord, that's me. Help me, Jesus. How are you the messenger? Help me, God. Help me, God. I would say, help me, God. You know, help me, God. Help me not to do that. Help me not to do that. You know, I remember this uh, pastor, my, my former pastor, one of them, uh, walked up behind a sister once. He, he didn't mean to. He just kind of walked up behind and spoke. You know, sometimes people can be a little bit kind of not in tune. He spoke and she, she startled her and she used an expletive. And she said, oh, pastor, that slipped. He said, well, if it hadn't been in there, it wouldn't have slipped out of there. <laughs> so, confess it. Don't wait till you get home to get on your knees. Don't confess it. Lord, that's me. I you that message, Lord. Help me, Lord Jesus. Come on, that's how you do that. That's how you do that. You don't wait. Come on. This is a time when the sons of God are, are being manifested. God wants to manifest us. He wants to show us to the world. The, the, like he did Jesus at his baptism. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Or you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I want him to say that about me. And he can say that about you. You don't have to wait and, and compromise with sin. For you did not receive the spirit of abundance again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption. You receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Dad, Dad, Papa. He said, that's the spirit you receive. And what that means is that, is that you were born again, born of the Spirit, and, and uh, now and you are made a son of God by spiritual birth, and now you are, you are now receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you is the spirit of adoption. He, you were born of the Spirit that is made a new creation uh, in Jesus Christ, a new creation born to God, to live to God. Now the Holy Spirit has come in and given you full adult status in the kingdom and in the family of God. Full adult status. You're not a little baby crawling and say, I, I, I. no, you know what to say. Your Holy Spirit is informing you and you can say no to your flesh. Paul is telling us that by the Spirit who dwells in us. Amen. And in 1 Corinthians 2.12, he says, now, 1 Corinthians 2.12, I'll read one more scripture, I think, and I'll, we'll stop, all right? If you'll, if you'll go with me, I'll read only maybe two or three more scriptures. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2.12, now, we have received not the spirit of the world. He says, now, at this moment, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Amen. Brothers and sisters, if I were to say right now, listen, after this message, I'm going to give uh, uh, one, $1 million to uh, everybody who is here. Uh, when I finish the message, I'm going to give uh, a million dollars to everybody who's here. Nobody would move. 
because you value that million dollars. Listen, the spirit is of greater value than a hundred billion dollars. You have received the spirit who is from God. Why? There are many reasons, but this one is that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 1, 7, I'll just read it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. So God has equipped us with, but we, we have not really walked in it. But I'm, I, I prophesy, I speak this over you, that we are living in a time period where many of us will walk it. And this is what, what will happen. It will create a good jealousy in others. Yeah, a good jealousy. Because I, I don't want anybody to do more for Jesus than me. Yes, Lord. Let me read the, 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 the last verses, 16 and 17. Paul says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. This is amazing. So the Holy Spirit living in, in my heart, I, my new heart, your new heart, is agreeing with your spirit, your spirit rather, is agreeing with the Holy Spirit that something happened. Yeah. What's that song that says, something happened and now I know. He touched me. He, he touched me. Yeah. How does that go? He touched me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, speak loudly. Oh, he touched me. Oh, the joy that fills my soul. Yeah. Something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. That's what your spirit is saying in regards to the Holy Spirit. Wow. Now listen. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. They're agreeing that we are children of God. I have no doubt I'm a child of God. No matter how the devil lies, I'm a child of God. And if children, or since I'm a child, then I'm an heir. Yes. Heirs, we are heirs of God. That's big, man. I'm an heir of Orlean Lavelle, Pastor Orlean Lavelle. I've got a great spiritual heritage. Didn't get much material possessions when he left. Got some, good stuff. But not a whole lot, not billions, not millions. But with God, yes. the Holy Spirit, yes. he's bearing witness that we are children Amen. of Almighty God. Yes. And then we are heirs, yes. heirs of Almighty God. Yes. Got an inheritance coming. I'm receiving it right now because I've been adopted and I'm already receiving benefits of the indwelling Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm heirs of God. And that's not all. And I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm a joint heir. You are a joint heir. That means what the will's going to be read. I'm reading part of it now. And I'm experiencing some of my, my inheritance. I don't have to wait until I get to, into the blue yonder to receive it. I'm already receiving part of my inheritance right now. Even now being indwelled by the Spirit of God, knowing things that I could not know except the Spirit lived in me. So I'm a, a joint heir with Christ. And this is amazing because the Bible 
is implying strongly, just echoing it out, that Jesus, that great Lamb of God, who is Almighty God, uncreated life, is going to one day present the kingdom to God the Father. And at that day, God the Father is going to give Jesus all of his inheritance. And Jesus, when he gets all of his, you and I are going to be there when the will is read to get ours too. Because Jesus can't have his without us. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. But Paul says that we are children, then heirs. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed, if indeed we suffer with him, if we suffer with him, you and I are going through things because we are suffering with him. I know we pray that God would wipe away all trials from our lives. But no, it's important that we suffer with him because the Bible says if we indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Hallelujah. We'll be glorified together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, dear Heavenly Father. In the name of the Lord.